Um, I want to quickly take our church's attention into the sermon series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's called My Church, My Church. And whenever I talk about my church and I have the opportunity to talk about my church as I on the church that I pastor, I would say there's the greatest thing that has happened to my life uh, to pastor a wonderful, vibrant uh, church uh, in the life of our ministry to be part of this beautiful church. It's been a great joy. We've been here for the last five and a half years and uh, can't wait to see all God has in store as we move forward, as we declare together, there is more to the work of God through this house and everywhere God is sending. One of the things that I was praying, I was praying in the spirit recently. Uh, one of the things that I'm wanting to see is that, you know, um, uh, I pray that ministry organizational leaders will start from here. People will start up things that otherwise nobody has ever thought of doing things. And I pray that people will actually, young people will start up movements here uh, that will spread out to different parts. And it's not just limited to the boundaries or the four walls of this group, but I've been praying in the spirit over the young people, the older and all the ministries. And, uh, and I pray that coming days, uh, we will see things what God wants to do through the life of people here, can you, can you be a witness with me for that? Amen. Uh, we, I, I pray that the ministry of this church will grow beyond our human understanding and human capacities can hold it together because God is infinite. His grace is vast and we are praying that everything that God has in plan for you will come to fruition. There's maybe sometimes God gives us a dream about something, but there's a haze around it. There's some sort of a fogginess or a cloud around it and we are unable to see clearly. But I pray this year, as we call it, the year of walking in favor, my church will see it clearly where God wants to take us. My church, my congregation, my families, my members will see clearly where do you want to see yourself in the next one year, the next two years, and what God wants to do through your life? And I'm excited to pastor such a wonderful church along with my beautiful bride for life, Anisha, and our kids, and all our pastoral team. And thank you so much, all that you're doing. May the Lord continue to bless you. I, I want As I'm taking your attention into the sermon series that I started, first week I talked about we are passionate about God. Week two, I talked about how, um, you know, God wants us to be a house of prayer, a house of prayer. And week three, we talked about how God wants us to be a house of serving, that we serve one another. We serve the poor. We serve wherever God has placed us, in whatever capacity God has placed us. And I believe every single individual, the moment you accept the Lord as your personal Savior, the light of His glory is shining in your life and light cannot be hidden. Is that true? Light has the potential to shut down darkness. And that's what our life is. The light of His glory is shining through our life. Our life becomes a life of testimony where people see us, recognize all God has done and can do through our life. And I pray that our life and our church becomes a life of service. 
That's what we call. Let's gather together for Sunday service, Wednesday service, Friday service. If you don't gather up for service, there's no point in us gathering together. This is a place of service. And we always come to get benefit out of something. But here in the church setting, I pray that it's not that, it's not that what I can get out of it, it's what I can give. And I pray the role of a pastor leader as God has put my life and I understand my anointing that God has placed here is that I want to encourage people and I want to make sure that each of us understands our leadership abilities, place of influence where God, want, God wants to use you and, and place you in places where only you can influence. Are you with me, church? God will place you in places or where you or only you can be useful. Today, I want to take your attention to us. Another portion, um, let me see, get situated. Another portion where the Lord has been birthing out uh, some of the spiritual term here for the church, for the life of our church. Number two, uh, the, the, the fourth, uh, you know, um, part of my church I want to talk about is my church is spirit-led. My church is Spirit led. I, I, I see a lot of people, you know, uh, whenever they, they share stories about their life or ministry, they always tell me the Holy Spirit told me to do this. The Holy Spirit asked me to do this. So I am thankful that we all recognize the voice of Holy Spirit in our life. But as I dive into the sermon today, I just want to bring you a disclaimer here. Holy Spirit is never a spirit of instability. Holy Spirit is a spirit of stability. What it means is He does not change because situation has changed. The words of God does not change because people around you has changed. If God has put something in your heart, He wants to make sure that you go ahead and you complete that assignment. God is a spirit of stability. Are you with me, church? In a lot of Pentecostal, charismatic church services, sometimes we people would go unscheduled and a lot of leadership don't like to schedule things and they want to call them. So, hey, you know what? We are spirit-led and that's why we don't want any schedules at all. I totally understand there are parcels of that where we must be aligned to the Spirit being leading us. But listen, the Spirit of God is a Spirit of stability. It brings up people who are unstable and puts them on a stable rock so that they can stand for ages witnessing God's glory. Are you with me, church? We come with people, we work with people all around. What is the difference between you and them? You being spirit-led, what does it mean, brother? That God is leading you to a place of stability. Everything that happens through your life will be stable. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. God does not change over time. Have you come across people who make a decision today and two weeks later they would be like, hey, you know what the Spirit of God was saying this again, two weeks later. It totally contradicts to what the Spirit of God was saying or talking to you two weeks ago. So I'm confused sometimes when I talk to them. Did you really hear from God's Word two weeks ago? If that's the case, then He will not contradict to His own Word two weeks later. Are you with me, church? His Word is always the same. It does not change because people, situation change around in our life. Sometimes we blame the Holy Spirit. Oh, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to do so. That's why I failed. 
The Holy Spirit asked me to do so. That's why I am in a messy relationship. Brother, it was your choice. You went with your emotion and your feelings. It was not the Holy Spirit. Because I always believe the Spirit of God is a spirit of stability. It will never put you in a place where, you know, your decisions, whatever you do, contradict to what you decided two weeks ago. Because there's always a gradual progression with the Spirit of God. Are you with me, church? There's always a gradual, it may not be instantaneous. It may not be fast. It may not be an overnight thing. But with the Spirit of God, it's always leading us to the right destination. It might be slow. There might be a delay in it. But there's always a gradual progression in your steps. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit will never contradict Himself with anybody else. Let's read God's Scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It's how, this is how it goes. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Now I just want to add, all are the sons and daughters of God. I don't want to leave them behind, you know. All are sons and daughters of God. Who? Everybody who is led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. And I will ask this question to my church congregation seated here from the front pew to the last and everybody here in this room. Brother, sister, are you being led by God in every decision that we make in our life? Growing up in India, you know, we value prophets a lot. And even here too, we value prophets. And uh, I, I see that people make uh, a, a decisions based on a prophetic utterance in their life. I have made a lot of decisions in my life based on God's voice through a servant, a prophet of God. God uses prophets, His servants, who become a mouthpiece of God to our life. Are you with me? A prophet is a mouthpiece of God. He, he instructs us in the ways to go, in the ways of the Spirit. And a prophet, God uses a prophet to bring a prophetic revelation into our life. When life is unstable, God uses prophetic voices through pastors, through leaders. Sometimes a prophetic voice can come from your, your, your wife, your husband, your children. Are you with me? God can use a prophetic voice through anybody in this room. And the moment we hear it, understand it, though it may sound that you have to go through a place of emptiness and desolate and it doesn't make sense, but be sure that we obey it. If it's from the Lord, it'll bring you a complete blessing in your life. Praise the Lord. Are you with me, church? Come here, I'm excited today. My church is spirit-led. If there is one thing that I want to our church to be recognized, you know, I've been talking about all of this. My church is passionate about God and I want people to know that my church is a house of prayer and I want the people to know my church serves the community and I want people to know that. I want our congregation to live up to what we are calling. God says, I will build my church. This is exactly what God wants His church to be like. My church is spirit-led. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for a team of leaders, elders, deacons that we have in this house. Some people have told me, you need to be spirit-led, not deacon-led. And this is my argument with them. God is the one who appointed leaders in this house. 
When the deacons, when the elder, when the pastoral team is led by the Spirit, which simply means this church, this house, being brothers and sisters gathered in this room, we're all led by the Spirit. Are you with me, church? Being led by the Spirit. We all know that the story of Jesus is something that we can learn from. Being led from the Spirit, by the Spirit. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 is an interesting portion. We all have read it. But Luke chapter 4 verse 1 helps us to understand. Listen, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the, what's the word? Wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led from Jordan into the wilderness by the Spirit. Are you with me, church? And sometimes we want to think that, you know what? The Holy Spirit will always lead us into places where there is calm, quiet, blessings, prosperity, and everything works for our favor. But listen, there are times in our mom, in our, in our life where God would lead us into a place that doesn't make sense at all. God would lead us in a place where it is pain and we be like, God, why? But brothers and sisters, through the moment, God is teaching His church. He's teaching His family. He takes us through a path but nobody else want to go. But if you're spirit-led, you will never reject the plans of God, though it doesn't make sense. Praise the Lord. And this should be in any sort of decisions we make in our life, be it education, relationship, buying a house, moving in, whatever we do in our life, I pray that a church like ours, the families gather in this room, it's not just our emotional feelings that drive us, but is God really wanting me to do? Am I being led by the Spirit? Praise the Lord. Jesus was water baptized. Jesus walked into Jordan and John the Baptist baptized him. You, you know how the dramatic, how the story unfolds that heaven opens up, the dove, Holy Spirit and a voice. Everybody hears this. Oh, you are my beloved son and all that. Man, what a, what a perfect setup for the ministry of Jesus. Jesus could just walk out of Jordan and come start healing people. It's already established. Every follower that was there along the banks of Jordan has heard the voice of God saying that, hey, how dramatic this is. Heaven cracks open for this guy here called Jesus. There is something about him that makes him special. There is something about him that makes him unique. That's a perfect setup for a great ministry. Some people would start ministry only when there are 300 followers. Only if they have the best of the best marketing team. Only if everything works best in your case. Brother, sister, Jesus had the best setup, but the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. Are you with me, church? A season of wilderness in our life cannot be wasted. No time in God's plan is ever wasted. Every season God uses to teach us and to draw us closer to Him. And that's the ultimate purpose. Every season is to draw us closer to Him. Be it sickness, be it pain, be it loss, be it 
whatever, every season in our life is that we walk closer to God. And in this season here, listen, the Spirit led him to the wilderness. Other translations of the Bible or other Gospels would say that the Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tested or to be tempted. The Spirit knew what exactly Jesus could go, would go, and what will establish Jesus' ministry. Oh, he's a son of God. He is God himself. But the Spirit led him to a wilderness. I wonder how many people seated in this room, you've been Spirit-led, but you find yourself in a wilderness. Good news, Jesus has been there before. Good news, you're not alone, my friend. It might be any situation in our marriage, in our family, in our business, in our work, in our school. Whatever we are doing and it feels like it's not settling, it's not settled. But listen, brothers, the Holy Spirit is a spirit of stability. He will never in the past he has or never will ever in the future contradict himself. If he says something, make sure that's exactly the route we have to take in our life. Sometimes our feelings our emotional imbalances, or maybe our IQ kicks in, our knowledge kicks in, and we contradict to the plans of God, and then two weeks or three weeks or a year later, we would say, you know what, maybe the Holy Spirit told me to do this. No, He never contradicts to Himself. It's us making lame excuses, and today, stop doing that. The Holy Spirit has asked you to do something, finish the assignment. Finish what you have started. That's the clear word I was hearing in the Spirit when I was preparing this message. I want the church to know this. Whatever the Holy Spirit has asked you to do, this season in your life, finish and only after that, jump to the next project. Finish. Oh, I want this church to be recognized. Hey, you know what? We are a Spirit-led church. What does it mean that I hear God's voice? My families, we, we hear God's voice. We want to recognize and tune into the voice of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I want to bring you three important truths here. Three important truths about being led by the Spirit. What happens when you are being led by the, the Spirit? Number one, it's a time of preparation. When you're being led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit prepares you. For what? For what? Before you go to an interview, you prepare yourself. Before you go to a dinner, you prepare yourself. Before you make a phone call with somebody that you have never known, you prepare yourself for the conversation. Holy Spirit prepares you. When you are being led by the Spirit, the Spirit will What's the word? Prepares you. For what? This is my understanding. The great wedding that is yet to happen. Holy Spirit prepares His bride. The New Testament church, that's what Bible calls it. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit prepares the bride. There's a process to it. That at the return of Jesus... You and me, we will be found worthy of the greatest calling ever placed in our life. 
at the return of Christ and when we hear the trumpets call, you and me, we will recognize Him and He will find us blemished. Why and how the Holy Spirit prepares us. Praise Lord. Preparation is not an easy process. There's a lot of cutting. There's a lot of pruning. There's a lot of cleansing that goes through the preparation process. Going and sitting in a wilderness with no access, it's not an easy process. Why wilderness? Take out your phone for the next 48 hours. We will feel it right where we are and we should be in a wilderness situation. That's how today's world is. Brothers, but the Holy Spirit prepares us. Allow the Spirit of God, number one, this is the only book in the whole world. Listen to this very carefully. This is the only book in the whole world where when you read this book, this book actually reads you. Praise the Lord. When you go through each of these chapters, this book is actually challenging you, cleansing you, cleaning you, preparing you. Brothers and sisters, the greatest calling in our life is to be found holy in the sight of God. We are being spirit-led. You cannot be spirit-led and also worldly-led. If there is a Holy Spirit, listen, then there is a demonic spirit as well. You cannot be Holy Spirit-led today and be demonic spirit-led tomorrow. If you're Holy Spirit-led today, you should be Holy Spirit-led tomorrow. If you are demonic spirit tomorrow, which means you are demonic spirit even today. The Spirit of God will never dwell in anything that is unholy. Holy Spirit prepares us for a great wedding. The New Testament church is called as the bride of Jesus. At the coming of Jesus, we shall be united with Him. And the Holy Spirit prepares us for it. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led into the wilderness. Why? There's a preparation. Cut himself out of the contacts of everybody that he knew till then. His parents, his siblings, and every resources that he knew that sustained him. The Son of God, God Himself, the Creator of the universe, chose Himself to be led by the Spirit in a place where He met no needs. There were nothing that could provide. The Bible also tells us that towards the end of His fast, Jesus was hungry. And that's when the devil came and asked Him, Hey, you know what? You are God Himself. If you look at the rocks and command it to be bread, it will become. Are you with me, church? but he chose himself to be led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I wonder how many people are experiencing a season of preparation in your life. Brother, it is good to be prepared by the Holy Spirit than be prepared by the demonic spirits. Listen to this very carefully. It is good to be prepared by the Holy Spirit and may not be on a favorable 
things that go around. We have many plans, but it's always good to be, be in the plans of God. That all, does not make sense. It may not be as elaborate as we thought it to be. But ultimately, it draws us closer to God. And that's what He wants from the body of Christ. Are you with me, church? That's what He wants His church to look like. Number one, there's a preparation. There's a preparation. If we as a church, we say that, hey, you know what? This church, my church is spirit-led. Always understand we are being prepared for the great wedding. Number two, Holy Spirit separates us. There's a separation. There's a preparation. There's a, there's a separation. Or I may have to interchange. Maybe I should have said separation first and preparation later. But listen, He prepares. He's also leading us for a separation. The Holy Spirit separates us. Acts chapter 2 is known as the birthplace of the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2 talks to us about how the New Testament church came into existence. Not assemblies of God, no church of God, not the Roman Catholic church, not any other church, but the church that God instituted. Acts chapter 2 talks to us about when people gathered together, united together, waited for God, the Spirit of God came down and dwelled among His people. It does not say that Assemblies of God started there. It does not say Church of God or the IPC or whatever denomination we see in all our places. It did not start over there. It says the church that God intended to be, church started. Acts chapter 2, when people gathered together and the Spirit of God the number one sign that the book talks to us about is the Spirit of God came down and there was a mighty wind. Two, it talks to us about the Spirit of God with, a, with fire. Two things. Wind and fire. Some storms come in our life to clear a path for us. In other words, some storm come in our life, right? To separate us from everybody else. My words may be harsh today, but listen. There should be a clear line between the church and the worldly people. If we are being spirit-led as a church, there is a clear line between what is holy and what is unholy. Amen. Praise the Lord. I cannot have all and everything because it pleases my soul. No. If you're being spirit-led, have the understanding and the mind of Christ that God, number one, He wants to prepare you. He wants to separate you from the rest of the things, the rest of the world. There's a separation. Are we, do we like that separation? Do we like that separation? Hey, Jesus loved the whole world. He, listen, He separated you and placed you in the world. Not to look like the world, but to look like His kingdom. Amen? Does that make sense? He separated us. He washed me clean. He put the robes of righteousness over my life. 
And still he placed me in the world so the people in the world can see the light of his glory shining through my life. I have to make a choice here. I have to draw the line here. Being spirit-led is being holy unto God. Going through the process of separation. Do you have separation anxiety with the world? Do you have FOMO, fear of missing out? Listen to this very carefully. The Holy Spirit is not something dead sticking on the wall. It's alive. It is a person of Christ. It is a person in the triune, the Trinity. It talks to us. And that's why the Spirit convicts you whenever you see something that you should not be. When we go through or when anybody has gone through, I know and I'm, I'm going to mention it all, pornographic material on our phones or tablets or computer screens behind closed doors. You might be behind closed doors but the Holy Spirit watches over you. Being spirit-led is having an understanding that I'm separated from the world, but I'm still in the world so that I can show off His world into this world. His kingdom in this kingdom. We have a great calling, brothers and sisters. Each of us seated in this room, I'm taking some classes uh, for my um, credentialing process and I was talking to one of our pastors too. He's also reading and as we were discussing together, what a beautiful, the role of a pastor, the role of a church is always to make sure that each individual in this room recognizes that you are called as a priest. Every single one, you're called as a priest. A kingly priesthood. And sometimes we forfeit that for the worldly pleasures of little. The book of Hebrews says, Hebrews chapter 11 says, By faith Moses ignored, rejected, walked away from every pleasure of Egypt. Chose himself, what's the word? To suffer with his own God's, with, own, with, with God's own children. He counted suffering with God's children as a blessing than being blessed with everybody else in the world. God's children always understand. If you are being spirit-led, you cannot be demonic spirit-led tomorrow. Your decisions cannot be demonic-led day after tomorrow. What If you are spirit-led today, you are spirit-led tomorrow. Your talks change, your conversations change, the place that you hang out changes, everything about your life changes. There's a clear line between you and the world. You may hate me for saying this, but I love you. That's why I have to say this. This is the role of a pastor. I am encouraging my church. He's preparing. Being spirit-led is that he's preparing us. Going to the wilderness, nobody likes. We, nobody likes to be cut off the access to things. I'll tell you this. I hated going to Kerala when I was a young kid. I hated going to Kerala. The reason is because I was cut off from the normal access of bakery and, you know, stuff to eat and nice. And every day that I wake up, there was this uttapam, there was this appam and all kinds of appam from morning to evening. I'm like, I need some sandwich. I need good Coke. 
cut off from my access. So I'm like, I don't like going that place. I don't like going to Kerala at all. So I just went only once in three years, whatever. Listen, listen, y'all, listen, listen. Going to that place, going through wilderness, nobody likes it. The Holy Spirit, Jesus full of the Spirit, led himself to the wilderness to be prepared for a great task, for a great three and a half years of ministry, for things that the world has not yet seen. And I am prophetically declaring in this house right now, some of you, you being prepared for a great ministry. God wants to do through you. In your marketplace, in your school, within the circles of your own influence, God is preparing you where you can be useful. And I speak that in the spirit of the almighty God today. He is preparing you. Two, he is separating you. There is a clear distinction between you and the world and it should always be drawn clean and loud so that everybody knows and understands there is a difference between you and people in Deep Ellum. There is a difference between you and people everywhere and anywhere else. That distinction is drawn through our behavior. The third thing that I want to talk to our church about is there is a affirmation in the spirit. What does it affirm of? It boldly signifies that through salvation and the Spirit of God has put the ropes of righteousness on our life. He affirms us that you are the son and daughter of God. Praise the Lord. And that's why I started my sermon today with Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says that for all who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of of God. For all those who are led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. Are you with me church? Praise the Lord. There is an affirmation that comes when you are being Spirit-led. When Jesus was baptized, He came up, the heavens opened up for Him and a voice came down thundering saying, This is my beloved Son. Heaven affirmed who Christ was and his authority and his standing in the Lord. When you come to the saving grace of heaven, when you come to the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit affirms you as the sons and daughters of God. What does it mean? When you're a son, you're not a slave. Our mindset has to change. You are a son and a daughter of a living God, not a slave to sin. That's what the Bible calls us. I have been living in sin, but today God's grace has been extended to you that you no longer be a slave to sin. Who is a slave? A slave does things what is asked, commanded to do. So that makes me question the church today. If you're living a life of sin, who is commanding your life? If you're being spirit-led, listen, if you're being spirit-led, you're not a slave of the demonic spirits any longer. You are the son and daughter of righteousness in Christ Jesus. And brothers and sisters, mind it, it does not happen overnight. 
I have seen salvation taking place overnight. I have seen, you know, the story of redemption just you know, like how we were singing the song, God turned it around. And I've seen people and lives being turned around overnight. But sometimes the process of salvation in somebody's life, though they make an instant decision, is gradual progression. Step by step, they're coming closer to God. My job is to introduce Jesus. His job is to judge. I don't judge people. God judges and I love. And the Holy Spirit convicts. Praise the Lord. My job, simple truth here as a church is so that I am passionate about the things of God. My role as a church here to show people that, hey, this is the house of prayer. Come here. Let us pray. Let us intercede together. My role as a church or an individual, as a family, is to show people that, hey, I am here for you. I want to serve you. I want to carry that basket. I want to carry that towel. I am here for you. My role as a church is to lead people in the Spirit, not to judge them. The Holy Spirit convicts them. Jesus, God, judges them. But I am here to show my love to people. I pray in the circle of influence where God has placed you. Number one, He's preparing you, brothers and sisters. Number two, He's separating you. He's separating you. Your ministry will function more than what you have ever thought about the moment you start separating your identity. Don't have a mixed identity there. The Holy Spirit separates me, prepares me. And listen, the greatest of all is the Holy Spirit affirms, this is my child. Take your dirty hands of my child. This is my child. Take your dirty hands. This is not a trash can that you can mess up with my child. This is my child. He's the apple of my eye. How dare you attack him? How dare? You know what? Sometimes, listen, the storms, it's not the absence of God. Storm is not the absence of God. But it's the reality for us to understand the presence of God is right there in between to lead us out of it. We go through storms in our life. And sometimes when we see storms, we say like, God, it's absent. No, he's right there. The spirit of God, if you're spirit led, he affirms you by protecting you. He affirms the presence of God by coming on your side, fighting your battles. Brother, see, you don't have to fight this by yourself. The Holy Spirit affirms that you're the son and the daughter of living God. And he comes on your side to rescue you. How many dad, mom will just sit here casually if you just hear your child cry? If you just see your child is going through a difficult season in their life. Last week, it touched me so much. And I saw a video in, in, in the Warstrick, you know, um, Ukraine with this young dad. Man, I tell you, I, was, I just broke out and I compared myself. I put myself in there. And he was kissing goodbyes to his daughter. He was hugging. He was crying. He was kissing goodbyes to his daughter, his family. When he took the arms to go fight and defend for his nation. I wonder how many parents in this room would do the same. 
And I'm sure everybody here, we will stand up. We will protect. We will do things what is right. But listen, when it comes to a spiritual world, you don't have to do it by yourself. The Holy Spirit affirms you're the son and daughter of the living God. His affirmation gives us the protection, gives us the guidance. In the, in the in scriptures, it helps us to understand. Now, Holy Spirit is the seal put on our life. The seal put on our life. The seal of the president's house, White House, is of a great value. The seal of a king is of great value. If somebody walks in and shows us the seal, hey, this is from the president's office, and they read out our declaration, we have to sit by and we have to listen to it because it comes from a greater authority because it carries the symbol of that seal. Holy Spirit is a seal over our life that affirms that you are son and daughter of the living God. You're no ordinary child. You cannot live your life in sin anymore. He has called you, paid a price for your life. He separated you, prepared you. He affirms you. My child, my church, my house is spirit-led. My house is spirit-led. I pray. Families in this room listening to me online or wherever you are under the sound of my voice. Make a commitment. God, whatever I do, help me that I be spirit-led. Worship him behind me. That my ministry, I'll be spirit-led. My decisions, I'll be spirit-led. In my thought process, in my doings or whatever ministry you've asked me to do. God, it's not for just for my sake, Lord, but your kingdom's sake. But I'm be, I will be spirit-led. I will be spirit-led. I will be spirit-led. 